A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long tube with a bunch of demons. Do you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no, he is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in his son. Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole... Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme... Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 99. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog is a podcast dealing with false teachers and false doctrines. Started out a couple years back called Faith and Beliefs Refuted where I was responding to the Saints Unscripted podcast. They had created a new segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, where they started with the LDS Articles of Faith, and I said, I want to respond to those and show how they don't line up with biblical Christianity. And then they continued on, and I said, I made a commitment. I'm going to respond to every one of these videos as long as they make these videos. And we went through this whole segment of time where a lot of them didn't, were really pointless, but I responded any anyway, and God usually, you know, pulled some kind of, of teaching out of that where we could look and go, this is where we differ between Orthodox Christianity and the pseudo-Christian heretical cult. I hate to use the word cult. It was a cult once upon a time under the charismatic leadership of Joseph Smith and men like Brigham Young. I think now it's just a whole bunch of deceived people. Um, so... Yeah, call it what you will. Uh, that's what it became. 
And so that's what this podcast is all about. Later on, I decided I wanted to deal with more than just LDS doctrine. Uh, a lot of false teachers in the Christian church coming out and revealing themselves as wolves in, sheep clo- in sheep's clothing. So again, based on the uh, quote at the beginning from John Calvin, as God's truth is attacked, I want to I want to bark. I want to be the one who who makes a noise and says, this is not right. So that's how the master's dog came to be. And that's what it is. So there's a little history for those of you who are newer subscribers uh, to the podcast. Today, we are back to what we started out with. We are responding to another episode of Faith and Beliefs by the uh, Saints Unscripted podcast, formerly known as Three Mormons. And uh, today, David is going to take us through the question of whether or not it is possible to see God. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into that and let David tell us what he's got. And then we'll we'll respond as needed. So let me get this going. Here we go. Hey, guys. So when Joseph Smith was a teenager, he approached God in prayer, seeking forgiveness for his sins and wisdom regarding which church he should join. In response to his prayer, Joseph claimed that God the Father and Jesus Christ actually appeared to him. He was told that his sins were forgiven and to not join any church at that time, as they were all in error. Latter-day Saints refer to this event as Joseph Smith's first vision. But this vision causes a lot of Bible-believing Christians some heartburn, because doesn't the Bible say that no man can see God and live to tell the tale? Don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marion, no matter what happens. My eyes! Let's talk about it. Okay, so this is another one where... They, they've gone through a, a whole spurt last week and this week. These are very important uh, issues to, to deal with between LDS theology and biblical Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, because it, it absolutely goes to the person and nature of God. It goes to the person and nature of Jesus Christ. So where we had a whole bunch that were just kind of pointless and meaningless. Now we're getting into some real meat. Uh, that is uh, required discussion. So this idea that no man can see God comes largely from scriptures like Exodus 33:20, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Or John 1:18, No man has seen God at any time. Yet there seem to be exceptions to this. Okay, so first we got to start off that... They come from scriptures. The first one is God speaking personally to Moses. No one can see my face and live. That should really kind of finish the, the, the discussion, right? I mean, this is, this is God speaking. Now, if you're going to go, well, it's just the, the scripture. And, and again, the Mormons, we, they only take the Bible to be the word of God as long as it is translated correctly. So they may think this is not an, a correct translation or, or something. But then you get to Jesus and then he cut off the rest of it where Jesus basically says the one who came from God has seen God the Father. And again, we're, we're dealing with the Trinity here, which is an issue for Mormons because they don't believe the Trinity and they don't believe God the Father, as we, as Bibli- as Orthodox Christians, and as the Bible reveals him, as he is, as God is, the Father is a spirit, and his worshipers follow him in spirit and truth, as Jesus told us. 
they look at God the Father as another man with a body of flesh and bones and so on. So again, there is a, a serious division between what is orthodox and what is LDS doctrine. Rule. In the Oxford Companion to the Bible, non-Latter-day Saint scholar Samuel Meyer mentions that a persistent tradition in the Hebrew Bible... I love how they say non-Latter-day Saint scholar. As, you know, because as long as they can find anybody, this is this is what white people get accused of all the time when they share uh, Candace Owens or <clears throat> I can't remember that sheriff's name uh, from somewhere. Black guy always wears a cowboy hat. Um, Larry Elder, any of these other guys, even Vody Balcom and stuff like that. When we share those guys and they agree where we agree with them when they talk about CRT and some and stuff like that, we're always, oh, you're weaponizing these things. This is the same thing. They're like, well, if we can find a non-Mormon who says something, well, along the lines of what we believe, then we can put that out there and, and, and it's our, you know, our gotcha guy, right? It's not necessarily true, just like with if you share Candace Owens, not everyone is going to agree with Candace Owens, and it doesn't mean that you are right because you found, you know, a couple of black people who agree with your political stance. There's still a discussion to be had. Bible affirmed that death comes to any human who sees God. In most of these contexts, however, the narration undermines this sentiment by depicting the pleasant surprise of those who survive. The text presents this perspective as a misperception to which human beings subscribe, for no humans in the Bible ever die simply because they have seen God. On the contrary, throughout the Bible, God wants to communicate intimately with humans. The problem of how God can adequately show himself to humankind without harm is a conundrum that is never really resolved in the Bible. Genesis Actually, it is, and we'll get there. Genesis 3230 is a great example of this. After Jacob describes his struggle with an angel, we read, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You're supposed to be dead. Am I not? Even the non Okay. Even the non-Latter-day Saint. Okay. So here's the deal. Now, again, we are dealing with the Trinity. So where, where Jacob wrestles with God, the majority of, of Christian scholars will tell you this is what we call a Christophany. This is a, a, an appearance of Christ pre-incarnate. So this is, this is Christ appearing in the Old Testament before the New Testament comes about. So again, he is God. He can do this. I can't explain how he does this. I don't, I don't comprehend the workings and the nature and the miraculous abilities that God has. But Jesus is God. So if he wants to appear in a physical body before he was born in a physical body, he can do that because he's God. And this is what you're dealing with. And yeah, Jacob should rightly say, I saw God face to face and I, my life was preserved because he wrestled with Christ. And all that happened was he, you know, dislocated hip, basically. And so here's where this is. But he did not wrestle with God the Father, which is where we get the, the words that say, you cannot see me and live. God the Father, the Spirit, God the Father, the, 
the glory that is him that we see revealed in different places when Moses asked to see his glory and he says, you can't see my glory. You can, I'll put you in a rock and I'll put my hand over you and you can see the backside of me as I pass and I'll proclaim my name to you, but you can't see it or else you'll die. And so this is what we're dealing with. Can you see people, all kinds of people saw Christ and did not die because we saw the physical incarnate representation of God. And he makes it clear that he is the physical representation of God through his own words, through the words of Hebrews and so on, that the fullness of deity lived within him. We can see Christ. We can see that Christophany throughout the Old Testament. We do not see the full glory of God and live no human being. And that's what the Bible makes it very clear. And here again, we come back to the, who is God, the person and the nature of who he is and what he is and how he has chosen to reveal himself to us. Latter-day Saint website BibleRef.com acknowledges that Peniel is an interesting choice since the common stance given in scripture is that literally seeing God would bring death. However, some men in the Bible are said to have been allowed to see God face to face, at least in a symbolic or manifested form. Jacob certainly recognizes his situation is unique, which is why he chooses this particular name for the site. So like some of these non-Latter-day Saint sources we've looked at, Latter-day Saints also take a more nuanced approach to this concept. That nuance is highlighted in Doctrine and Covenants 6711, which teaches, For no man has seen God at any time in the flesh, except quickened by the Spirit of God. We believe that in order to see God and withstand God's glory, your natural body has to undergo a certain change. You, you can't be alive, you'd have to be a... Changed. We see an example of this in the book of Moses. Moses saw God face to face and he talked with him and the glory of God was upon Moses, therefore Moses could endure his presence. Later Moses tells us, Now mine own eyes have beheld God, but not my natural, but my spiritual eyes. For my natural eyes could not have beheld, for I should have withered and died in his presence. Okay, again, now recognizing that this is all scripture that comes from something that is not scripture. Recognizing this is all the, the made-up uh, fantasies of Joseph Smith. So again, Joseph is, is, is making himself equivalent with Moses through the writings of this. I was changed and God did this and I saw his physical body and now he's saying that Moses got to do the same thing and, and blah, blah, blah. But none of this is, is trustworthy. But his glory was upon me and I beheld his face for I was transfigured before him. Thus, for Joseph Smith to have seen God, he must have undergone a similar change. And indeed, in the accounts of Joseph Smith's first vision, we read about a pillar of light or heavenly fire that descended until it rested upon Joseph, filling him with the Spirit of God. In Orson Pratt's 1840 retelling of Joseph's vision, we read that at the opening of the vision, a pillar of light continued descending slowly until it rested upon the earth, and Joseph was enveloped in the midst of it. When it first came upon him, it produced a peculiar sensation throughout his whole system. And as kind of a cool side note, an early Christian document called the Clementine Homilies expresses a similar idea. It asserts that one cannot see God because he is illumined by exceeding great light, for he who sees God cannot live. For the excess of light dissolves the flesh of him who sees, unless by the secret power of God the flesh be changed into the nature of light, so that it can see light. Anyway, you get the point. Of course... And Shrek has nothing to do with that. 
again, I, I, I mentioned this a few times. They'll, they'll use these, these cartoon clips and stuff like that to lighten the, the weightiness of the topic being discussed. And so as you, as you listen, <clears throat> and you might be going, this doesn't sound right to me. You kind of get this little clip of it's like, ah, ha, 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 okay. And no, wait, what was it? So it, they're literally put there as a distraction to distract you from the weight of what is actually being discussed. You're under no obligation to agree with this Latter-day Saint nuance, but if you do a bit of online research on this topic, you may start to notice an interesting pattern. The thing is, there are multiple examples of people seeing God in the scriptures. There are also multiple scriptures saying that God can't be seen. So to reconcile the apparent contradiction, you'll see most people say one of two things. Most non-Latter-day Saint Christians say, well, the scriptures tell us you can't see God and live. So we need to reinterpret any scriptures that talk about people seeing God. Others take the inverse approach. Well, the scriptures tell us about people who have seen God, so we need to reinterpret any scriptures that say God cannot be seen. As is often the case, it all sort of comes down to how you choose to interpret scripture. Latter-day Saints are grateful for modern prophets and revelation that tend to help out in these situations. But as always, study things out on your own, pray about things, and go with whatever makes the most sense to you. Check out the resources in the description for more info on this topic, and have a great day. All right, so the reality of it is, is it comes down to who God is, right? Joseph claimed to be to see God, the Father, and a physical body. So, if God wants to show himself to somebody and let them live, that's God's prerogative. That is up to God. God is <clears throat> the one who can work miracles. God is the one who can do, <clears throat> excuse me, anything that God wants to do. So, he is sovereign over everything. So, if for whatever reason and in whatever manner, God shows himself, whether it's through a Christophany, whether it's just seeing a portion of his glory, whether it's just seeing something, whatever it is, we, again, we, we reconcile scripture with all of scripture. So when we see that God himself says, no man can see my face and live. And then we see also that Jesus says that God is a spirit and his followers worship him in spirit and truth. He doesn't have parts and passions and he doesn't have, God doesn't necessarily have a face like we have a face, right? That we use these anthropomorphisms to kind of comprehend God, but God is a spirit. God is, is, is the, the glory that is beyond our ability to endure without his special consent right but his glory in any real aspect uh without him making some kind of exception would kill us jesus is colossians 1 15 he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation john 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being and then of course we go on at verse 14 i believe and the word became flesh and dwelt among us we're understanding the triune nature of god god the father is a spirit God, the son is the incarnate uh, physical representation of God. And then God, the Holy Spirit is spirit. We don't see him. We don't even see a glory in him. He is 
by his nature, the comforter, the helper, the one who points us to Jesus to help us to understand who he is. So we have this, this concept. Joseph Smith saw a physical being who claimed to be God the Father. That is heretical, blasphemous. That is not uh, anything that is revealed in Scripture and completely goes against anything that Orthodox Christianity teaches about who God the Father is. He is not a physical being. He was not a man on another planet. He did not have to work out his own salvation. He did not become a God from a point where he was not God before. Again, John 1, 1, in the beginning in the, was the word. In the beginning, nothing before that. No pre-existence, no uh, eternal regression, none of those things, no God before him, as he, he said, tells us in Isaiah. The, the reality of this is it has nothing to do with whether or not someone can see God and live. God makes that determination. God is able to do that. That's up to God. Joseph did not see God. Joseph either made it up, was deceived by the enemy, or hallucinated. Those are your options of what happened. Because to see a physical being with flesh and bone claiming to be Elohim, God the Father, which doesn't even make any sense, that's a whole other topic of discussion, is not the God that is revealed throughout history and throughout scripture. That's not him. It's a false God. And following after that will not lead to any form of salvation. So again, I call on you, my LDS friend, if this is what you're believing, then you need to get out. You need to get out. You need to get away from these, these false teachings of a false Christ who presents a false gospel, believing in a false God, this is what Mormonism is, and there is no salvation within the, the tenets of LDS doctrine. And my Christian friend, as always, preach the gospel at all times, use words, they're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.